Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week in middle school, we look at Genesis 1 verses 26 and 27 to see that God has made all of humankind distinct from the rest of creation. Dallas Greenaway talks about some of the implications of this reality. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello once again. Uh, so this is the last week of Distinct. Can you guys believe that? It's crazy. Uh, but October is almost at an end. So that kind of is how, how it goes. Um, I just want to say first that it's like really it's really fun every week to worship with you guys. I think sometimes I take it for granted and you may take it for granted as well. But just to sing songs and, you know, in your singing, it's not just you singing and it doesn't really matter what's happening around you. But in some way, shape or form, us singing together is, is encouraging one another and kind of saying these things out loud, singing these things out loud to remind each other and to have a conversation with God, celebrating uh, who he is, reminding ourselves of who he is and what he's done. And so uh, just keep that in mind that as you guys worship, that it's not just about you or the people even next to you, but even people across the room that in your worshiping or not worshiping, like you're, you can be a distraction or you can be an encouragement. And so just want to uh, push you guys towards that, challenge you in that way this morning. So as we step into this last week of Distinct, we have talked about a few things over uh, the last few weeks, one of those being that it is distinct and not extinct. So please turn to your neighbor and say distinct, okay, and turn to your other neighbor and say extinct or the invisible person in the chair next to you who maybe they are extinct and that's why they're not actually there, right? Uh, just like the dinosaurs. So remember, extinct has to do with like the dinosaurs. This thing doesn't exist anymore, okay? Distinct, everybody say distinct one more time. Distinct has to do with the differences, the things that are different uh, about uh, from one thing to another. So such as puppies, remember we saw pictures of puppies a few weeks ago and the distinct uh, features, things like their, their fur color and their ears and their sizes and all kinds of things that make puppies distinct from one another. We've seen um, cities and things that make cities distinct from one to the other. In a minute, we're going to see a uh, Another few pictures, but in, in the fun, we've actually been talking about some more serious things that are distinct. Uh, one of them being that Jesus is distinct, and so we looked at how he is fully God and fully man, and, and how nobody else could, could make that claim in all of history, no, no matter what religion they, they led or what God they, they claimed to be. Um, there was also, we had Jesus is distinct, we also talked about God's grace being distinct from other uh, religions or other ways to God or to a, an idea of God. Most other ways ask you to do something or you to earn something, but God's grace is, it, it's a gift to us uh, from God himself, from the creator of the universe. Last week we talked about how you and I are made distinct, how, how you have been made distinctly by God and have specific things that you're not great at, some things that you are good at, and that for you, he's got a specific part in his plan that he wants you to play. And so maybe over the last week, you had some time to think about that and remember John the Baptist and some of the things we talked about there. Well, this week, we are not talking about you specifically, but we are talking about us. We're talking about we and how we have been made in God's image. We have been made distinct by God. And so in light of talking about some images, I thought it might be kind of fun to go through three quick statues, images of people or things that maybe you're familiar with. So who... Uh, do you have any idea who this first person is? This is a statue of a woman. Do you know who this woman is? Anyone in the crowd? Somebody said Mother Mary. That is not who this is. It's not a statue of Mother Mary. 
Mother Teresa, nice. Somebody said it. Fries. Uh, so yes, this is Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa is is a saint. If you start to look at like any lady saints or nuns or anything like that, uh, sainthood happens to do a lot with like the Catholic Church. But she was a, a lady who gave her life uh, to serve the less fortunate, and she's she's well known for doing that. And so Mother Teresa, this is a statue of her. Uh, the next person, who do you think this person is? Ah, a little more familiar. Elvis Presley, nice. The king of rock and roll, right? He had songs that we all would be somewhat familiar with. And uh, maybe you know by his, like the way he's doing this little stance, it was actually kind of like a dance that he was famous for, right? And uh, yeah, so he's remembered for his music. And then this last one, who is this a statue of? Daisy Duck. Trying to do that pose. I've been working on it all morning. Right? Yeah, probably need my hand on my hip, something. Uh, Daisy Duck. So this is from Disney World or Land, one of them, and it's like 50 years of the park being open, and so they're celebrating it with 50 different statues. Just remembering these these fun characters, right? And these statues, they're all made, most of them uh, are made to remember or point to something about the person or the thing that, that they have been made a statue for or in remembrance of, right? So Mother Teresa, or uh, yeah, Mother Teresa, almost said Mother Mary. Mother Teresa, it's, it's to remember, hey, the good things about her life and that, man, she was a saint. She was somebody who gave her life so that others could, could have some life. And uh, she did that with the poorest of poor. With Elvis Presley, he's remembered, we look at his statue and we can remember his music that he played and maybe some of the more odd things about his life too. But for the most part, these statues were made to remember the positive things about Elvis Presley, the music he played, being the king of rock and roll. For Daisy Duck, I guess she's, she's a duck, right? So that's cool. No, she's she's a one of the famous characters from Walt Disney and from from this whole Disney universe that's been created and all the fun and magic and memories that people have had. And so it's to celebrate uh, some of those things. Yes, what you got, Ainsley? Disney movies? Yeah, some of the Disney movies you can remember because of Daisy Duck, right? So all of these statues, they're made to remember something or to, to point to something. Most of them uh, are about what has happened, right? A lot of times statues are not made until somebody is dead and gone, and we don't want to forget them, so we make these statues. I don't know if you knew this or have ever kind of connected the dots on this, but in some way, shape, or form, just the way that these statues are imaging something or someone to the world, we, we as humans are almost like walking statues. There's this big concept, uh, uh, this big reality in the Bible that maybe you've heard about before, but you haven't given much thought to, but it, it actually, like, it should affect our, our every day. It should affect every, uh, every part of our days, really. It's this reality that you and I have been made in the image of God, that in some way, th- like these statues, we are meant to image God to the world, to remind people of, of who God is, to point people to who God is, and that we're meant to do it every day in every part of our lives. But most of the time, when you guys hear the, the phrase made in the image of God or, or you are made in the image of God, or maybe you've heard this Latin phrase, uh, the imago Dei. Everybody say imago Dei, Right? Now, do your best, like, Italian version. I don't know why I associate Italian and Latin. Imago Dei, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of fun. Imago Dei. A pizza. A pizza day, right? Pizza pizza of God? No, that probably wouldn't work. Imago pizza? In the image of pizza? Never mind. We'll just stop there. Imago Dei is this Latin phrase meaning image of God, right? And maybe, maybe you've heard that before, but... 
maybe all you've thought about it is like, well, I guess as humans, like God must kind of look something like us, right? If, if Elvis Presley, if that statue, it, it, part of it, it is made to look like Elvis Presley, right? I think they did a pretty good job as far as what I've seen in pictures. Uh, Daisy Duck is made to look like what Daisy Duck looks like when people draw her out, right? I mean, obviously, if you, if you have a real duck in your pond <laughs> that is wearing some clothes, okay, let me know because I'd like to come and see it. But Daisy Duck's not real, but, but the statue kind of brings her to life in some way and looks like her. The same with the statue of Mother Teresa. And so maybe you've thought about the image of God, well, that just means that, like, God kind of looks like us, right? Like, he has, maybe he has hair like us or hands like us or maybe he can walk around. A lot of people think that, that that's what the image of God means and, and that it just stops there. I, I guess I kind of want to say that's not quite what the image of God means. In fact, uh, when we think about God the Father, there's not much evidence in the Bible that he like had a body or like a physical form. In fact, the Bible talks more about God the Father having uh, or being being spirit, like being without form. And so if you're thinking image of God just means that you look like God, that's that's not quite true. Like may, maybe, you know, Jesus eventually gets a body when he comes to earth and takes on human form. Uh, and and that could be kind of part of the conversation. But the image of God does not really mean that we look like God physically. So then what does it mean? And if it's really something, like I said earlier, that it impacts how we live every day, what, like, okay, so what does the image of God even mean? Where do we even get this idea? Let's look. We're going to look in Genesis chapter 1, the very beginning of the Bible, probably the first page of your Bible, unless you have like really big font or really tiny Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. The Imago Dei, the image of God, it starts Right here, this is the first time we see it. It says, then God said, let us make man, or like mankind, humankind, uh, men and women, in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That was an image of God sneeze right there, right? Uh, That's that's powerful. So the image of God, uh, we are created from the beginning in God's image, in his likeness, and nothing else, get this, nothing else was made in his image. Not the earth, not the trees and the plants and all that stuff, not the animals, not the birds, not the fish. Nothing else was made in God's image. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but some people tend to put animals and humans. Aren't we on the same even playing field? No, not, not quite. God didn't make the lions in his image, although I think lions are pretty cool. They got big manes and they could kill me, right? Like, I guess that's not cool. But uh, I mean, I think some fish are really cool. Some whales are really big, but God didn't God didn't design those things in his image, whatever it means to be made in his image. The earth glorifies God. It's not to say that these things that aren't made in his image don't glorify him, because the Bible tells us clearly like, that, that all of creation glorifies God in some way. The animals and birds and fish and all that included. It all glorifies him, but there's something about us as humans that is distinct, that is different We were made in his image. So what does it mean to be made in his image? Well, I think there's two really big things that being made in his image means for us as humans. One, 
is that we can be in relationship with God. Being made in the image of God means that we can be in relationship with him. And two, and we'll kind of break that down in just a second. Two, it means that we have an invitation to join God. What did we just read in Genesis? That we can join God in having dominion and rule over all creation. So unlike animals, unlike the earth, unlike all, all of creation, us as humans, we can have real relationship with God. And we see that shortly with Adam and Eve in the garden, actually having a relationship, a friendship with God. And sure, I think God likes the animals. Like, I don't think he would you know, have made them and said, those are good, unless he, he really meant it, right? It's not like God's against animals or against creation, but he is so for us. He, he designed us uniquely and distinctly as people who were made in his image. So from the get-go, we're made in his image. We're, we're able to be in relationship with him that, in a way that no other part of creation is. And then this number two, part of that, part of being made in the image of God, is that we are, are called to join him. It says that, that we would have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over all the animals and over all the creepy things or creeping things. Maybe that's a special insert for creepy, spooky season right now, right? Halloween. Ooh. Uh, but, but we're called to, to join God in what he's doing on the earth, which is pretty crazy, because if God is king over all, designer, creator of it all, like here's the deal. Most of the time when there's a king of an area, the king's in charge. And he has servants. He has people who do his bidding. Like, hey, you go do this. You go do that. But that's not the relationship that God's invited us into. He says, no, come and work with me. Come and work alongside me. Come and be part of what I'm doing. Come and have dominion, rule, and reign over all of the earth. Why? so that we might move it forward together. So that we might bring growth and positivity and flourishing and ultimately glorification of God from the earth. And th this is where, like, maybe you're like, okay, so made in the image of God, I can be in a relationship with him, okay, I've heard about that. Uh, okay, I can join God in creation, like one day, far, far off, when I'm, you know, old enough to pay bills and, and buy a house and do that kind of thing. No, like, right now, here, here's why I think this is huge, is that right now, this means that everything you do matters. Everything we do matters. How do we join God in what he's doing on the earth? We join God in what he's doing on the earth, advancing his kingdom and, and moving the world forward together with him, having dominion, rule and reign over everything. We join him in every little thing we do. How we treat our families and how we treat our animals and how we treat the earth, how we treat our friends, how we interact in school, how we approach our school work, how we approach our chores at home, if we're a good teammate or not a good teammate on our sports team. Everything that we do is contributing to this call to rule and reign and have dominion over all the earth and join God in the good work that he's doing here. And yet I know that many of us we struggle with, what's my purpose? Why do I exist? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? I, I want to tell you, to share with you from page one of the scripture, that if you are made in the image of God, and if you're a human, <laughs> you are, you have been made in his image, that all of your life matters. That how you approach everything you do matters. Because the way you do what you do is in, in, in some way reflecting God to the world. 
Now, this is also where it's a little bit different for us because we're, we're not like animals. Animals, they just, they do what they do, right? They go, they eat, they sleep, they, you know, they do what animals do. Humans actually kind of have some choice. Like we can choose to join God in what he's doing or not. It's part of our free will, right? That's, that's part of the choice that we have. That, because we know that every day there's people who are not joining God in what he's doing. In fact, it looks a lot like the opposite. They're not moving the, the world around them forward and the people around them forward. They're actually holding it back or maybe sometimes feels like taking us backwards. So every day you and I have a, a chance, a choice to join God in what he's doing. And that's, that's how we're called from the very beginning to live. So being made in the image of God, we, we get to be in relationship with God and we get to, we're, we're called to join him in what he's doing on the earth. Now, here's, here's another part of being made in the image of God that I think some of us need to, to realize. Being made, man, these sleeves are bothering me today. <laughs> It'll be, I don't know if any of you guys were there Friday when they showed Charlie itching his elbow. Mine will be the sleeves thing one day. Uh, so being made in the image of God, here's another part that I want you to get and realize, grasp is that this is not just Christians. You might say, well, duh, right? But this is, this is everybody. This is all of humanity, whether they are actually in relationship with God or not, whether they are actually participating and ruling and reigning with God or not, whether they believe the same things you do or not, whether they're from the same place or look the same as you or have all the same capabilities, no matter who they are, if they are a human, they have been made in the image of God. They are image bearers of God. So how have you been treating image bearers lately? Like if that's true, then how have you been talking to fellow image bearers who have this same call and and mission and purpose as you do, even if they don't realize it yet? How do you treat image bearers that you disagree with on certain issues in the world today? How, How is your family treating the neighbors that you guys have some really serious tension with? How are you treating the kid at school when if somebody were to ask you to talk to them, you'd be like, oh, I don't, they're kind of weird. Or are we able to see through lenses like God can see people and see them as, no, no, no. I know I could list off a lot of things where it's gonna be hard, might be tense, it might be awkward, but they're an image bearer. And so how I treat them is in some way a reflection of how I might treat God. So I wanna, I wanna love them well. In fact, how you treat them is a part of joining God in what he's doing on the earth. You see that? So how have you been treating fellow image bearers? Jesus was the perfect example of what it meant to bear God's image here on the earth. He was a perfect image bearer, always keeping that relationship with God at the forefront, always joining God in what he was doing on the earth, even to the point of death. And if it wasn't enough that we're all made in his image and all have the same call, whether we realize it or not, Jesus gave his life for everyone. Not, not just those who believe right now, but those who eventually believe. And, and he gave his life so that anyone who does not yet believe in him, does not yet have a relationship with God, might have the opportunity to do that. 
John 3.16, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This wasn't just for, hey, this certain group of people, you guys can have the invitation but not these people. Or hey, if, if you just align yourself with this political party or if you believe this about this thing or this about this thing, no, 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 it was whoever would believe in Jesus, whoever would submit to him, the invitation is open. So for you, when you think about being an, an image bearer of God, you think about being made in his image, what does it look like for you to every single day join him in what he's doing on the earth? What does it look like in, in some small way? I know you, you may not be driving the whole ship that is the earth. You may not be leading a country. You may not, not even be leading like anything that goes on in, in your world right now is what you feel like. But you have some small part to play. You have been distinctly made as an image bearer of God to partner with him, to be in a relationship with him and to move this thing forward. And if you realize that all of us are made in his image, all of us are are a part of this thing together, and all of us are worthy of the death of Jesus, then what does it look like to treat each other like that's true? What does it look like to encourage one another and build one another up, knowing that, hey, we're all in this thing together? The Imago Dei, the image of God, you and I, we, us, are created in his image. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for, from the beginning, giving us a purpose. That if we have been created, which we have, if we are humans, which we are, we're made in your image. We are people with purpose, people called to be in relationship with you, called to rule and reign with you here on the earth. Help us little by little to know what that looks like each and every day. And that as we go about it, that a huge part of it would be how we treat one another. Would you help us to see, like you do, every person on this earth as someone created in your image and worthy of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus gave his life for all. Whether we realize it or not, whether we have believed it yet or not, your gift of grace is open to all. We love you. Pray for time in our small groups where we would continue to understand what this means to be made in your image. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.